Hello, hello, this is Courtney, and this is a message that this podcast will actually be moving to wonderinenglish.com. Wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R-N-I-N, English.com. The podcast name will also be changed to Wonder in English. Wug English will no longer be an active website, podcast, or YouTube channel. Everything is moving over to the new name, wonderinenglish.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Wonder in English podcast, and I'll see you guys there. Hello, and welcome to Wug English. The Wug English community provides free online English lessons for students with an intermediate to advanced level of English. For the full version of this lesson, don't forget to check out wugenglish.com, w-u-g-english.com. So today we're going to be talking about the Great Depression, and this is a very interesting conversation because I'm sitting down here with my grandma, who is in fact 86 years old, and she lives in a very small town in South Carolina called Holly Hill, and she's going to tell us a lot about her life there and what it's like to grow up in poverty, basically, during the Great Depression. And there's a lot of really good vocabulary that she pulls out for us. I'm writing a lot of these online in the lesson. I'll just pull out some right now for us so that we can discuss them after this conversation. Just a handful. And then the rest you can find in the online English lesson at wugenglish.com. That's wugenglish.com. So don't forget to check out the full lesson on wugenglish. And that's where you'll have all the vocabulary and you'll be able to listen to the entire podcast there as well. So some of the great words and phrases that she used, I'm going to uh, say slowly now so that you'll be able to listen out for them during the conversation and try to figure out what exactly they mean. Then after our conversation, you'll hear me go over what they mean in the context and in general. The first phrase is in the midst of. Then inflation, confederate, to go under, to weather something or to weather through something, reservoir, cast metal tub, sleigh bells, gullible, a hog, butcher, flour sack, or printed flour sack, at her height, quilt, scraps, hand-blown, to cross your mind, to entertain, grown-ups, to have a luncheon, embroidered linen, crisp, and to do it upright. So again, today we're going to be talking about the Great Depression with my grandmother. And we're also going to be talking about a luncheon that she had with her friends. So you see a lot of vocabulary that she's using um, that has to do with very nice things like China and whatnot. And Hopefully you'll understand by the context, and if not, we're going to cover that in the online English lesson. One thing to keep in mind as we're speaking today is that my grandmother is from South Carolina, which means she has a very southern accent. 
but I thought that this would be good for the listeners because I thought that you guys would enjoy a different style of American English. She sounds very different for me, so I'm excited to hear what you think. So stay tuned. I would like to hear more about your childhood and what it was like growing up in the Great Depression. Where do you want me to start? Um, you can start from an interesting story or wherever you want to start. Well, I was born in 1930. Yeah. And that was right in the midst of the Great Depression. Wow. And my parents had no money, but they were both working. Yeah. And so I don't remember the first couple of years. I can't remember anything before about age three. Yeah, I think that's normal. How far back can you remember? I don't think I remember that far back. Well, I remember the little house that we lived in out in the country before we moved to town when I was six. Yeah. And I think we lived there a couple of years, so I know I was four and five. That's really young. When we lived there. It was a little house up on the hill. It was We didn't have anybody else in the house but Mother and Daddy and me because it was a small house. And Mother had peach trees. They had pear trees. They had plum bushes. They had all that sort of thing, see. And that was already there before, or they planted it? The, no, they were already there before. Okay. So they had a cow and chickens, and Daddy always had a garden. Yeah. So they preserved a lot of food. Yeah. Everywhere we ever lived when I was growing up, Mother, it, they utilized all the stuff in season. You ate pretty much what was in season, but in the winter, then you had your fruits and vegetables canned or or dried. Yeah. Because there was no freezing back then. I'm not sure we even had a refrigerator. I'm not sure we had electricity. When did that come about? Uh, we had electricity in the house when we moved to the town of Royston, where I went to the first grade. We had electricity in that house. Yeah. And that's the first time I remember electricity. And when did the Great Depression end? How old were you? Uh, you know, I don't know enough about that era to tell you exactly when it ended. Yeah. At when when Roosevelt came in, he started work on it. Yeah. So it gradually got better. Yeah. And maybe other people would consider like 28, 29, I think that's when the stock market crashed. So okay. they might have thought that was the middle of it. But the country was very poor. Yeah. The country was very poor and there were a lot of people. You mean the country, like the whole United States or the country is in the South? The whole, well, it was worth it, worse in the South possibly. But the whole country was not in a very good position yeah. at that time. So, I heard a story that someone left um, a basket full of money and they dumped out the money and took the basket. I don't know if that was a real story uh, because the money because of inflation, the money wasn't no, worth it. Anything. No, I don't. Uh, that wasn't true back then. That's yet. not true. No, if you had money, you could spend it. Okay, so the money was valid. Inflation <laughs> now, wasn't. Now, when they had that problem with the money. 
was when the southern states had the Confederate money. Okay. And the Confederate money after we lost the war. Yeah. The Confederate money wasn't worth anything. Okay. So that would have been true for that. Yeah. But during the Depression, uh I thought it was just due to inflation that it didn't have value anymore. No, the re okay. now a lot of banks went under mm-hmm. during the Depression. Yeah. These two in Holly Hill did not. Oh wow. They did not. They weathered the Depression. Yeah. And but now my parents didn't have money enough to be in the bank. So we didn't have to worry about it. (sighs) And they didn't have any investments. Yeah. I mean, until the state didn't have the money to pay the teachers, we had regular income. Yeah. But there was a year that the state didn't have any money to pay the teachers. And what did you guys do? Well, we just lived off the land. And you didn't buy anything. You didn't buy anything? Nothing. I mean, oh, they would go out and get some apples when they were real cheap. You'd get right up in the mountains and get a big old thing of apples for a dollar, and you would eat off of those, you know. They had a few dollars. What about toothpaste and stuff? It seems to me like we used to use something like baking soda Okay. to clean our teeth. Yeah. Because I know we always did brush our teeth. Yeah. And... See, we you didn't have we didn't have electricity in that house, so mother had a big cook stove, iron cast iron cook stove, back in the back, and there was a reservoir on the side of it that held water. Okay. And it kept the water warm, because they kept a fire in it most of the time, because that's how they they were heating the house. Okay. And then you just. Mother could cook some wonderful meals on that old stove. That's so We cool. had cornbread and we had biscuits. Yeah. When I ate the first piece of white bread sliced, I thought, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but like store-bought bread or your mom's was fantastic? No, I thought the store-bought bread was. And I didn't truly appreciate the biscuits and cornbread. Yeah. And now... I'd far rather have biscuits and corn. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the homemade stuff is better now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I think you could get three bananas for a nickel. And wow. every now and then we would get bananas. Because I love bananas back Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. When my daddy went off to college, he never had enough bananas. And he took, I think it was a quarter. He had, and he went out and bought bananas, and he ate them until he was sick. Really? Yeah. So he sort of lost his taste for bananas. (laughs) No, he ate them after that, but he was always telling about that. That's funny. But you had to, you had to warm, you close all the doors to the kitchen to get it real warm, and then you'd bring the big old cast metal tub in. And you dip the hot water in from the reservoir, and you had to take your bath in there. So, so you brought a tub into the kitchen, kitchen and then you showered in the kitchen. You didn't shower. Well, you got in you the bathed. tub. Okay. Uh huh. That was it. So when you were, when your family was providing housing for all those other teachers, they that were, was in the next house. Okay. When you had. 
full bathroom with electricity. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. And then I can remember one Christmas. We were up on a hill, and there was a road that came like this, and it was a fort down there. And I was really excited about Santa Claus. And I was trying to stay awake and trying to stay awake. And Mother said, I think I heard sleigh bells down there. You better go to bed. I could hear those bells. (laughs) I mean, I could truly hear those bells. That's so cute. Because I was 100% gullible. What kind of presents do they give you? Oh, back then you would get a stocking. And you would have an orange, apple, some nuts, uh, maybe a little piece or two of hard candy. And then you would have a stick of the peppermint sticking up at the top. Yeah. And then you would have maybe... One little present. Like what? Well, Mother would make... I had a doll, and she would make clothes for the doll, or she would do this, or she would do that. And see, we had to feed... You had to feed your cows. Yeah. And you had to... Because we had a... They would usually have a hog every year, and butcher that, and put that up to eat. Uh And you had your bags, your flower sacks they were yeah that the flower and everything came in these bags and they were printed in these little prints mm-hmm. well every dress i had back then was made out of flower sacks oh but mother sewed beautifully your dresses or the dolls dresses my dresses oh my god and maybe the dolls too yeah but mother would go into the stores that's when shirley temple was right at her height when i was six years old, Yeah. mother would go in the stores and she would look at the Shirley Temple dresses and she would come home and make me one just as pretty, exactly like it. That's so cool. Now, she could cook, she could sew, she she, she could do a lot of stuff. But how would she make the dress look like that if it was, is it a brown sack? No, no, they were printed. They were little flowers and... That, oh, oh, okay. Everybody used them back then. Used them for the dresses? Yeah, yeah. And then the, the ladies would quilt. Oh, yeah. Do the quilts. Yeah. And they they would hang, they had a room that they would hang the quilt in, and they would, you know, quilt by hand. Yeah. And I used to sleep under a quilt that I could pick all my dresses out. See, they used the scraps. Oh, for the quills. That's a really good idea. And I would, I would go to bed, and if I couldn't go to sleep, I'd start doing. I didn't count sheep; I counted dresses, dresses in the quilt. Is that how she made the quilt that she made me? Uh, Do you remember that? She made me a quilt with a bunch of people on it, and they have hats and stuff. Oh, a Dutch doll. Quilt, yeah, that's yeah. how you do it. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the favorite patterns. That's called a Dutch doll. Yeah, I love that quilt. Now, do you remember the one, you wouldn't remember it, in Telluride on the upstairs between the two bedrooms is a wall, and hanging on that wall, there's an old quilt, and it's called the log cabin. Uh-huh. And my... Great, 
grandmother, and my grandmother made that one. That's so cool. And it's called the log cabin. It's the log cabin pattern in the log cabin out there. Wow. So how old would that be? It is ancient. I washed it when we took those quilts out there. I don't know that they'd ever been washed, but I washed them, and then I hung them over the railing up on the log railing to let them dry. And I had to handle them very, very carefully. Yeah, I can imagine. They they would fall apart very easily, I'm sure. Wow. That was your great-grandma? Mm-hmm. It would have been my great-great-grandmama. So how many years do you think that would be? 400 years? <sighs> no, I don't think it'd be that long. But it was, I can assure you, it was, no, wait a minute, it would have been my it would have been mother's grandmother. So it would have been my great-grandmother and mother's mother, who would have been my grandmother. They they made it. So 150 years or more. Wow. I guess. You, you know, when you get to be 100, you could anything that you own that's 100 is considered an antique. <laughs> I'm about to be one. <laughs> And and all of these things sitting around this house, they're about to be too. <laughs> yeah. They don't look like antiques. Yeah. Well, a lot of them are though. Yeah. It's cool though, since you collected so many of these things from your travels, from your trips. Yes. I like. I tried to buy one thing to remind me of the trip. That's so cool. And bring one at least one thing back from all of them. I haven't been doing that. Well, you don't have a home to put it in yet. Yeah, that's so, true. And besides, you were, you were mostly backpacking and going light. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do that in the earlier years. I just started doing it later. Yeah. And, uh, But I, I did like to bring stuff back because everything pretty much has a story. What about that egg over there? That came from Africa. It was hand-painted as an ostrich egg. Yeah. And they shipped that back to me because I didn't want to take the egg in my suitcase, and they shipped it back in a coffee can. (sighs) And I got got it. Wow. So. uh, Is something like that expensive? You know, I don't think I ever bought anything that was really expensive. Yeah. The only thing I ever bought that was really expensive was some glass things that were hand-blown in Venice. Mm-hmm. Do you still have them? I'll show them to you. Yeah? Yeah. Was it, like, uh, for dishes? Or what Glasses. You... Glasses. You I... drink out of them. Never have used them. They're sitting in there looking beautiful. <laughs> They're champagne glasses. Okay. And I just don't drink champagne. You know, you think you're going to use all these things, and then you get back home. And we just keep life simple these days. Yeah. You know, if you have all, if you had maids running around to do everything, yeah, you you'd use all the fancy stuff. Yeah. But I have all this silver I don't use. I don't want to spend my life polishing silver. <sighs> and I don't think the young people today do either. No, definitely not. I, I know Deborah and Melda are not interested in silver. Are you? 
No, I never even thought about it. <laughs> Hasn't crossed my mind. See? Yeah. It, because it's, it's work to it. So why did you get it? You thought that it was a good idea at the time. Well, I'll, see now, okay, I'm 88. I got married 60, what, eight years ago? And back then, everybody had silver, crystal, uh. nice china, and every bit of my good crystal, my good china, my good the silver, you have to hand wash it. Yeah. Because so, you didn't have a dishwasher back then. Yeah. You didn't have a... When we first got married, we didn't have a dishwasher. We didn't even have a washing machine. Yeah. I had to go to the laundromat. Oh. So, uh, you, you think, well, oh, this is going to be great. And in the early years, then you have children, and you're so busy with them. Yeah. You don't have time to entertain formally. Yeah. You might use it all once a year or twice a year. You remember y'all used to come up at Christmas, and I had all the good stuff out. Yeah, I remember that. And I always put you and Tyler in the dining room because I wanted you to see that and appreciate it. Yeah. We felt like grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> and you were good. You right. You used your manners in there. You really yeah. did. <laughs> but I feel you, I wanted you to learn. Do you think that if your friends invited you to a dinner now, they would bring out their nice Well, this stuff? year, this year on my birthday, when I got back from Asheville, Judy said, I'm having a luncheon for your birthday. She absolutely insisted. Yeah. We went around there. She had her white embroidered linen tablecloth, just as crisp and white. Yeah. She had her beautiful napkins, white, ironed all up, you know. <sighs> she had her good china out. She had her good silver out. She had her glasses were nice. Then she served. Demitasse coffee in her little Demitasse cups with the little spoons after we had dinner, you know. What's Demitasse? The little tiny cups and little tiny spoons. Like the little espresso cups? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so she served those, you know, passed them around, went around with her silver tray with the sugar and cream. She really did it upright. That's so fancy. And she cooked. She cooked everything. I mean, when she does it, she does it upright. Yeah. So I used to could do that, but I can't do it anymore. So. But I appreciate it. Yeah. If you've never entertained and you've never done all of that, you don't know how much work it is. Yeah. It's a lot of work. How long does that something like that take? I imagine she was. It took her several days before and a day or two afterwards. Wow. Because you've got to iron all that table, wash and iron the tablecloth, the napkins. Yeah. Put all the thing up. You know, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. Wasn't that such a great conversation? My grandmother is an amazing person. She's super sweet. I'm sure you can tell. And she just has so much beautiful life in her. 
um, and she's had such a beautiful life. She's traveled all over the world. She's lived through a childhood in the Great Depression. She's come from nothing and achieved so much. And she's just a really beautiful person inside and out. So let's talk a little bit about that vocabulary that I mentioned earlier in today's lesson. So one of the words I mentioned or one of the phrases I mentioned was in the midst of. In the midst of. To be in the midst of something is to be in the middle of it. So she mentioned that she was in the midst of the Great Depression. So she was right smack dab in the middle of the Great Depression. I also mentioned inflation. And what inflation is, is when money loses its value. So the purchasing power of money decreases and typically prices actually increase. This leads to pretty severe poverty when inflation is running rampant through a country. Confederate. So the Confederate states used to exist in the United States when the U.S. was split between the North and the South. The Southern states had different territories and different ideals, and they existed from 1861 to 1865. These states were South Carolina, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and Texas. So South Carolina is the state that my grandmother lives in, and that's why she mentioned the Confederate States. And she actually used the word we, which is kind of funny, um, but I think she just means because geographically she's living in, in South Carolina. My grandma also mentioned that many banks went under, but the two banks in Holly Hill did not. So when something goes under, when a business goes under, it means that you go out of business, you're bankrupt, and you have no money. So when a bank goes under, it's very serious because then you have no money and all the people that had money in accounts at the bank would lose their money. She also mentioned that those banks in Holly Hill weathered the depression. So she said that banks elsewhere went under while banks in Holly Hill actually weathered the depression. Weather as in the actual weather outside, like temperature, rain, things like that. Yes, that's the same word, but it has a different meaning. And this, since it's a verb, so to weather something means to withstand it or to go through it and come out on the other side doing okay. So if you've had a really hard time, you could say that you weathered through it and that you came out just fine. Then she began talking about what it was like growing up in her house and how she bathed and where the water was kept and how it was heated. And one of the things that she mentioned was that there was a reservoir that was used to hold the water and it was heated and put into the bathtub. So a reservoir is simply a storage space for fluids. It can be man-made, it can be a pond, it doesn't have to be just this big container, but it can also be natural. So a cast metal tub, that's where they put the water in. And I'm sure that you guys already know what metal is. So a tub is where you're taking a bath. It's a bathtub. And when you have cast metal, it means that you're taking metal and you're melting it down into a liquid form. And then you're pouring it into a bowl to create an object. 
So in this instance, they poured it into a mold of a tub or into a shape of a tub so that the metal in liquid form would then harden and become the tub shape. My grandmother also mentioned sleigh bells. So if you know anything about Santa, then you know Santa flies in a sleigh. So for Christmas, we all teach our children that Santa comes and he puts presents under the Christmas tree each Christmas and he actually gets to each house by riding around in a sleigh. So a sleigh is a big sled that's drawn by reindeer that are flown by magic reindeer and the sleigh holds a passenger which is Santa. So that's the sleigh and the sleigh bells are just the bells that are attached to the sleigh that are ringing all night long to let you know Santa's coming. So uh, kind of in line with talking about Santa and all of this fake holiday things is the word gullible. So gullible, when you say that you are gullible, it means that you believe everything people say. Unfortunately, I think that I'm a pretty gullible person. Um, so when people tell me things, I usually believe them right away when actually... <laughs> They're just kidding or making fun of me sometimes. So it's not that good to be gullible. It's quite uh, silly. My grandma also mentioned a hog. So a hog is a domesticated pig, usually that you're raising to kill later for meat. So it's just a pig. And she also said that they butchered the hog. So a butcher can be a noun, and that's the person who kills the hog. And when you say the hog was butchered, that's the verb, and that's the action of killing the pig for meat. She also mentioned that her mother made dresses out of flower sacks, printed flower sacks. And first of all, when something is printed, it means that it has a print on it, like of flowers, of some design on the outside. So typically a sack is actually just brown. Um, it holds potatoes, or in this case, flour, like that you cook with. And a sack is usually made out of really strong material like burlap or even thick paper. And it's usually used to carry or store things like the flour and potatoes I mentioned. So her mom would take those sacks that were printed with all these beautiful patterns and she would sew them all together to make little dresses for her dolls and for, for my grandma. And she also mentioned this was when Shirley Temple was right at her height. So what does it mean right at her height? So actually, when you're talking about height, it's how tall someone is. But in this case, it doesn't mean that literally. It means the height of her fame. So the how tall her fame is. So when you reach your height in adulthood, you stay there. But fame can be sort of on this bell curve where you don't start off very famous and you get very famous and then you don't, you kind of, people lose interest in you and you're not famous anymore. So when you're at your height, you're in the middle of that bell curve, you're at the very peak of your height. So it means that you're very popular at that specific period of time. So when my grandma was growing up, Shirley Temple was very popular. When I was growing up, I knew about Shirley Temple, but I wouldn't say she was at her height because I think she, people had not lost interest in her, but I don't think she was necessarily 
extremely popular because other things had come into taken her place. So um, you could use an example like the Beatles were at their height in the 1960s, something like that. She also mentions quilt quite often. Um, so quilting is the verb and a quilt is the noun. So you quilt a quilt, uh, which is kind of redundant. But basically, a quilt is made by sewing two or more layers of fabric together to make a thicker fabric, something that's kind of padded. Her mother made a quilt using all of those sacks. So she, she would take uh, my grandmother's old dresses that she grew out of that used to be made out of flower sacks and convert them into quilts, which were essentially blankets that were made of a bunch of different pieces of fabrics. And you could even call these fabrics scraps. So scraps are usually things that are little leftover pieces of something. So in this case, my grandmother used the word scraps to describe all the little leftover pieces of fabric that uh, were used for her old dresses or used for, you know, for the sacks or for something. And she, her mom put them all together, sewed them all together and made a quilt and that would keep them warm during the winter. So just a few more words to go. We started to switch topics and began to talk a little bit about her travels and some of the things that she brought back from her trips, some of the souvenirs that she brought back. And we also talked later on about her friends throwing her a lunch. The, the conversation transitioned very naturally. And one of the things that she mentioned was the word hand-blown. So she brought back some glass, some champagne glasses from abroad that were hand-blown. And when something is hand-blown, it's sort of like the cast metal where it's melted. So, But this time it's glass, actually. So you're melting down the glass. And then you're using a blowpipe, which is air, to shape the glass and put it in the form that you would like it. She also mentioned that something hasn't crossed her mind, or maybe I mentioned that. To cross your mind, or when something crosses your mind, it means that you thought about it. It's sort of a very casual way to say that something popped into your mind once, or once or twice, but... It's not something that you've thought heavily about, but, oh yeah, that crossed my mind. Like, oh yeah, I had that idea, or I had that thought, but it's not like you're focusing on that thought. So when you say it hasn't crossed my mind, uh, you're just trying to say that you've never thought about it before, actually. My grandma also used the word to entertain in order to describe how people in the South have you over and feed you good food and show you a good time. That's what it's like to entertain someone. So that's what her friends would do. And that's what she does. And that's why she had all this nice china and things like that. Because sometimes she would have friends over and entertain them, feed them, amuse them through talk and, and just having a good time. She also mentioned the word grown-ups. So those are, that's the same word for adults. And she mentioned that her friend had a luncheon for her. A luncheon is the same thing as lunch. It's just a formal word for lunch. And at that luncheon, they used embroidered linen. So when you embroider something, embroider is the verb. When you embroider something, it means you decorate the cloth by sewing patterns on it with a thread. So you're making all these different 
patterns like flowers or little people or just any kind of lines or anything like that, any kind of pretty pattern, you're sewing that onto a cloth and that's what it means embroidered. And linen is just a type of cloth that's made from the flax plant. And then the last two, she mentioned crisp. So I believe she was talking about the tablecloths, which you put over the table, the yeah, the cloth you put over the table. So crisp means it's like firm and dry and brittle. It's very pleasing and attractive as well. So when something is crisp, for example, you're wearing a white shirt that you're going to work in. So it's a nice white button-down shirt. When it's crisp, it means it's been ironed, there's no wrinkles, it's very smooth, it's very put together, it's ironed to perfection. That is a crisp shirt. The very last thing she said was that her friends, they do it upright. And what that means is that they're doing it the best way, the correct way. And she's basically just praising her friends for throwing her a really good party. So those are all the words that I'm going to mention right here in the podcast, but don't forget to check out wugenglish.com for the full lesson. There's a lot of other words that I mentioned there, and this is just a great conversation to listen to again and again. So I hope you guys learn a lot from this. I know it was kind of going all over the place as far as the topic is concerned, but I think there's a lot of good information there, and it's also really nice to listen to not only someone who's 86 and been through life and really is such a good person, but also just someone with a different accent. I think that's a lot of fun. So I'll see you guys next week on Wug English. Stay tuned. Bye.